Uh, what's up, guys? Welcome to the GV and Gentleman Podcast. My name is Shane Vitko, alongside my co-host, Mr. Tommy Vexed. We're back. We are, dude. We're fucking live. I know. In Texas. Houston, Texas. First time we've sat down together since fucking November. Last year, yeah, right? Um, we just got to... There was uh, an election? There was. I heard about that. <laughs> it was an insurrection? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, dude, so you came out... You did the Texas tour, and you started where? Uh, the first show was at FitCon uh, in Dallas, Fort Worth. In F- it, it's Fort Worth. Right. So Dallas, Fort Worth, traveled around to how many different shows? I think we did six or seven, um, and we did, what did we do? We played uh, Lubbock. We played Austin. We did. We came back and did another show at Dallas at the Gas Monkey. And we did outside of Houston, which is in Katy, Texas, and we did El Paso. So was the first one in Dallas not at Gas Monkey? No, the first one was at the oh, at Panther, FitCon. yeah, FitCon right, at the right. Panther Panther Island Pavilion. What is FitCon for people like me that have no fucking idea what that is? Uh, so Rob Bailey and Dana Lynn Bailey and their partners put together this kind of. Um, like convention of all athletes from all different walks of life, from powerlifters to Mr. Olympias to bodybuilders to people who compete in the Cla- Arnold Classics uh, uh, to, uh, you know, there were some fighters there. There were And then the tents, too, with everyone in there. Yeah, yeah. So First Form was there and Celsius was there. Was there. Icon Meals was a sponsor among many, many other, you know, um, people in the uh, in the fitness world like whether they do apparel they are right. in supplements or energy drinks i think rain was one of the big sponsors uh so yeah rain gets me fucking tuned the fuck up dude i'm gonna be honest with you yeah I'm drinking that a few times yeah i want to give this stuff a shot though what's this that we're drinking right now i think you got a 3d 3d yeah yeah i'm Bomb a celsius pop. guy yeah i'm a fan of the uh the old celsius i also like to dump in i just like to just take pre-workout for no reason sometimes <laughs> If you do like a quarter of a scoop of Project One from First Form, it's it's like, it's it'll light you up, dude. There's like so I even like I did Travis's uh, like the pipe hit of shit too, and I was like, dude, I, I don't know how anybody that's a human being takes it because I try to do the cool guy stuff. Like I watch you guys and everything, and I'm like, I'm, I, first of all, I see the scooper and it's this little thing, and I'm like, should I do more than one of these? That's no. so little because I'm used to the protein scoopers, right? So I take the little one and I fill it up, and I'm like, it's fine, and cool guy style. I just throw it in my mouth, right? Within 10 minutes, I'm like, babe, we have to go to the gym now. Like, fucking <laughs> Or the <now."> hospital. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dude, and we went and worked out, and I came home and, like, didn't want to eat, didn't want to talk. I was so nauseous. And it was like the day after doing a lot of cocaine where you're just, like, really weird. That was me for the entire day until finally around, like, 10 o'clock at night. Did you take it like, on an empty cell? Did you not eat that day? Yeah, first thing in the morning. Let's oh, just no, take no. this. Yeah, no, bad no, business, no. dude. Do yeah, not yeah. follow me for advice on pre-workout. And then if you do that, you should just do cardio. You shouldn't even lift weights. You should just get on the treadmill, go for a run, walk on the Stairmaster. It was a bad, was yeah. a bad experience. Um, all right, so uh, so overall, Texas, uh, where was the, where was the, um, uh, the most... Uh, what was the biggest crowd? Was it the FitCon? Um, I think there was over a thousand people at the stage in FitCon, and then the rest of the shows were like between four and six hundred. I know that Austin had the was the biggest show they've had since COVID, um, and and these venues have been doing shows, uh, and for us it was 
you know, I was told not to do this. Everyone was like, don't do this. Don't, it's going to, you're going to ruin your career. I'm like, okay. Like if I had a dollar for every time people right, were right. like, you're going to ruin your career. I'm like, my career is ruined. Right. Everybody's trying to ruin my career, but guess what? You can, you know, it's, I'm Still like, the, I'm Thomas the train, like the little, <laughs> the little engine that could. And, and the purpose is the, the reason why I felt it was safe to do was not only because I've had COVID. We have seen the, what's happened now with Texas and Florida and we're, we've seen them fully open mask abolishment of mask mandates and the cases go down and the deaths have plummeted. So the lockdowns actually, it seems like the lockdowns caused more damage than good. And I think that the stress, you know, people don't understand too. You get sick when you're under a lot of stress, when you have, you know, your cortisol levels are off when you're, when you're, you know, not getting enough vitamin D respiratory infections. Like I have asthma. I know this for a fact. I've had pneumonia before on tour and I've had, you know, I have emphysema. Vitamin D is so important to fighting respiratory infections. And so, you know, I, I felt having had COVID and experienced it and, you know, I, I wouldn't have, I would not have canceled the tour if I had those same symptoms. You know, that's just me. I mean, I also think that it almost seems like from a young age that you taught more that, I mean, I, I don't know. It, I feel like there are times where it seems like, like if there's a storm, don't go outside, stay inside, you're safe, right? It's the same, the same premise of like, anything's happening, it's, safer to stay inside wear a mask cover yourself don't go in contact with anyone as opposed to like go outside run get some sun eat healthy you it 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 becomes scary because i'm going outside where if i'm in my home i'm safe and everything's gonna be okay if i wear my diaper in the car i'm safe and everything's gonna be okay yeah well you can never be safe the thing is too is after you've breathed in them into even a medical mask for more than five minutes You've exasperated the pores, the microscopic pores in between the fibers in the mask. And now they're massively, they're already, unless it's an N90 mask, it's, they're already big enough to, for the virus to pass through. But now after breathing through it in five minutes, the vapors get through, you know, people, it's like wearing, it's like, I'm going to wear a speedo in the pool and pee in the pool and then it'll be okay. You know, it's like filtering my pee. You can wear a mask and and wear jeans and fart and you'll still smell your fart through your jeans and your underwear and your mask. And like, so this whole thing is just utterly ridiculous. Like it's not even debatable how, you know, I think they terrified everybody. Oh, we got to do something, you know? And now it's just, it's utter, it's utterly absurd. And I think that mask wearing is now, um, it's now just a sign of, uh, it's it's almost just a sign of one of two things. It's either you're getting paid, so you're either like an official talking head, right, or you're not very bright. Yeah, unfortunately, you you lack critical thinking. Or the third component, you legitimately have a a health risk. You you legitimately have a health issue. So you're either being paid to behave this way, are actually vulnerable, or you're an idiot. When you were at any of these venues, did you see anyone wearing a mask? Uh, I think one, one or two people. And like, this is the thing. It's like, it's the same thing as Dana White said. If you want to wear a mask, yeah. 
wear a mask. Okay. I'm not shaming anybody for wearing right. a mask. I, I Listen, that person might think I'm an idiot, right? Because they have a different belief system, but I respect their right to be afraid. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know about it. I don't need to talk about it. It's We have HIPAA for a reason. I'm like, eh, whatever, whatever you say, buddy, you do you. I'll do me. And we'll just get on with it. And uh, I... You know, I think it's it's a couple. The thing that's important, the one of the main things is I did a meet and greet every night. I met everybody. I shook everybody's hand. I took pictures with everybody. And I did this because I would never ask my audience to put themselves at risk for something that I myself personally would not do. Right. right? And so I went out and I met, you know, at the first show I, I took 600 pictures and signed autographs with 600 people. It took an hour and a half to get through the line, you know, and every single night I did the same thing. I don't leave until the last person gets their picture and then I can go take a shower and then I can get ready for bed. And, you know, I feel that my, I've had COVID. My experience of it is that if I were to get COVID from a meet and greeter on tour or whatever, deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I won't even, I'm not even worried that I would cancel a show with those symptoms. Do you know what I mean? And that was my personal experience. And then, and I believe that everyone has the right to make a decision over their own body and their own health if they're going to live their life and they're going to, you know. And I got people, uh, it was crazy. People were crying. They had people, I haven't been to a show. Yeah. I haven't been, I haven't been in a room with people in 18 months. You know, and I'm like, yo. Then I started, I started realizing by just listening to everybody how much we, we need to get back to life. People are not doing well with this and it's on purpose. And it's like, we're not animals. We're not supposed to live in the zoo of our lives. They're trying to keep everybody living in this captivity where our only outlet is a digital world. And it's just, we're not made for that. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that, uh, you know, it was cool. And I think like I told you about, you know, especially right now with, Anyone that is doing concerts and stuff, it's some of these smaller venues. And I think about back in my you know, days of when I was heavy into concerts and stuff. And I mean, I'm going to concerts that are at Great Woods, that are at the Garden, like places where, I mean, I can tell that it's Pantera on on stage. You know, yeah, like, yeah, but I you can can't, tell that you it's can't them. can't see. Right? You can't see Dimebag's beard. And know? now, like, I remember going to, like... Uh, also, and they had like a second stage where like I was a big fan of this band, Prima 55, and they were with Kitty oh, the too. Florida bit, they're from Florida. And, and yeah, Kitty, and this was, you know, the big rap rock era. And uh, and Kitty and Prima 55 were on this side stage and it was so much more intimate and they set up booths that were like meet and greets after. Mm-hmm. And I think about that. And I think about when I came to see you at the show and Katie and what that means to those people where it's a, they get to finally get out and get back to doing what they wanted to do, seeing a concert and, and you know, what a performer you are and the band too. Uh, what a show you guys put on. And for, I feel like that's an, not only is it an experience that that's what people, their first show after this crazy year of COVID, mm-hmm. but it's a show of seeing someone like you, an artist that they've followed and, and been a fan of for so long and to have that intimate of a uh, uh, an experience and you, you know, touching people in the crowd and singing happy birthday. And I mean, I think about that on a fan level 
and what that means to these people. And I feel like that's a thing that people, it gives them hope and goes like, man, it felt so good to be alive again. And, and even if God forbid I do get COVID or whatever it is, this goddamn makes it worth it because it was doing something that I wanted to do and not just living in fear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, and I appreciate you saying that cause I don't have that perspective. I just, am like, I can only see what's in front of me. And, you know, after, you know, it's funny because I will never get credit for this, but the entire rock touring industry on Monday announced all their tour dates. As a result, they all watched to see. They didn't watch to see if people would get sick or if anyone would get injured. They watched to see if the media would eviscerate me, right? Because everyone's afraid of social condemnation and social uh, reputation destruction. That's what that's what the the digital reputation destruction is con- is controlling these people everyone's like oh, i don't want to not be cool or i don't want right. to be i don't want to be considered one of those people yeah. i'm like what someone who's not fucking afraid of what other people think you know and so which isn't know, what most music stands for in the first place which is yeah but it's like, but not really like you know? you know i think i think what we did and i think the Madball show in new york city there was like five thousand people right. and it was like john joseph from chromags with his band blood clot <laughs> like you that's I seen the thing that they said, just I, I don't give Madball. they don't give a fuck they didn't give a fuck you know yeah. and people were trying to you know you have metal sites who are like we're gonna do an investigation into this and it's like yo these guys who run these websites they're the same Twitter trolls it's small dick energy like these guys will bully I know some of them personally bullied in school never really fucking rose up and did anything and they've made they created an entire life for livelihood for themselves by being professional trolls and they just shit talk on everyone and they feed this hate. And it's the reason why they're largely contributing to the death of rock and metal because in the hip hop industry, when people do well, they support, they are, they're stoked for you. But these websites in their little micro, you know, factions, their culture is to destroy anything that is successful. And I mean, we now have, we're supposed to be metal, punk, hardcore, you know, gangster rap, whatever, all the, all the, 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 you know, death metal, all the, all the forms of music are supposed to be against the establishment, anti-establishment. And the only artist, you know, you got the zombie guy being like, we're not going to do this shit anymore. Right. I'm like the most mainstream rock artist. You know, obviously I have a background in extreme metal and death metal and melodic death metal and punk. Like I played in all those bands, but I'm most mostly known for having a multi-platinum cover hit, right? right? Which is like the most commercial thing. I'm the only one who's been standing up saying like, this is bullshit. And everyone's like afraid. They're afraid, you know? And, And basically like the whole, the culture as a whole has become, you know, it's like the pussification of the American man. It's the pussification of the American metalhead. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's really the age of, because, you know, we we talked about this too, about like, uh, you know, TikTok, the cat and I put up. And, uh, you know, and you're somebody, Theo's another guy that I asked early on when, people would start commenting and saying shit that I like uh, directly. And I remember like that one time when I was like, bro, someone wrote this on, on YouTube and someone wrote this. And like, 
I'm like, right, you know, and I want to feed in and go, you know what, motherfucker, and blah, blah, blah. And I, how about come to my house and all shit? And you were like, dude, why, why give it that power? Like, these are fucking, fuck them, you know? And it took a while for that to kind of register. And now with her, she's like, I can't believe people say this about you and this and that. And I'm like, just don't even answer it. Let it, like, you know, let the, and people start arguing with themselves and with each other. And you don't even have to say a word. And it's like, say I'm on roids, say I beat this, say I do this. I don't give a shit. It has I, people yeah. that know me, know me. And that's what matters to me. And it's become the age of no profile picture, user 12756, and has all the information and knows you so well and has all the answers and all this shit. It's, it's flattering. Like, right. It's flattering. Having, I've, Having troll pages, I mean, I think as of now we're at a hundred and twenty-seven fake Tommy Vex profiles Dude, on and, Instagram, and, and, <laughs> and and you know what, you, you know why I know is because they put Deviant Gentleman in the fucking bio. Oh, really? So every day yeah. I get a new thing: Tommy V E X underscore T, Tommy V E underscore X T one. All day, every day, at least three to five times, if not more, every fucking day. Because all of a sudden, it'll come up with your picture, and I'm like, oh, I got tagged in something. And I'm like, yeah. nope, I didn't. People don't have anything to do, especially like during COVID. And it's just a weird phenomenon. Plus, we're dealing with a whole generation of, of young people who grew up fighting on the internet. Right. We fought in the street. Right. There were consequences. Right. If I'm like, I'm like, yo, Tony's a fucking pussy. Guess what? We're going to fight when he finds yeah, out about it. So right. you better make sure that you right. can beat Tony. Right. Or at least you got a chance. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and that's just kind of like it. Those, you know, we're in this society. We're like, oh, my God, like toxic masculinity. And we can't have violence. And we can't have speech about violence. I'm like, listen, violence is a part of nature. And I don't think it's good to promote it. I don't think people should go out and beat the shit out of each other in the street. But however, like... Some of y'all need to get your asses kicked. You know, it, it teaches you character. It does. You know, it humbles you and it also shows you like, you know, there's always a bigger bully. And that's what these people are. They're like, it's like revenge of the nerds, but the nerds are the the douchebag, you know, fraternity right. that's like muscling everybody, but right. they're doing it with their their. Right. They're, they're and words. not to mention that they're the same people that if they were to see you in real life, it would be a completely different story and be like, oh, my God, I love your music. Oh, my God, you guys are great and love this yeah, and the podcast. Yeah. And so they're frustrated fans. That's what Jamie from Hatebreed says. He's like, most of the haters are, are they're frustrated fans because who else wants who, why else would anybody take time to look everything up about you and know you? And then try to start an argument with right. you about yourself. Right, right. You know, you're like, well, you ate a pizza pie and then you pooped on a turtle <laughs> in fucking 1997. And I'm like, that never happened. And they're like, yeah, it did. It was like, I know a guy who he met a girl and she said she knew you and then you pooped on a turtle. Why would you do that? <laughs> and I'm like, I've never shit on a turtle before. <laughs> I was like, I shit on somebody's turtleneck sweater. They're like, oh yeah, maybe it was a close sweater. enough. Yeah, it's like, and that's right. like the thing. Like right, right, people right. like, you know, like I, th I can't tell you the most embarrassing. This is the most embarrassing shit for dudes. Yo, listen, guys, if you are trying to like, if you're trying to hook up with a girl, and you tell them that we're friends, and she asks me. I'm gonna tell her the truth. <laughs> this happened several times. Like, oh, you know this guy? Like he said his. He said, you guys were like best friends. I'm like, I don't know that motherfucker. I was like, I don't even know who you're talking about. 
And then they're like, yeah, look, right here. And like, he follows you. And I'm like, that's weird. Yeah. You know, it's a weird thing. Like, you know, I was, I was talking to Emily about this. Like, there are people who are just like, oh, we dated. And she's like, no, we didn't. I don't even know you. (laughs) It's just, it's such a weird flex, you know? Um, and back in my, in Boston, there would be kids and, uh, guys would be like, oh yeah, I was locked up with this kid. He said, you guys are friends. And I'm like, I don't know that motherfucker is oh the street cred and it's like you know same thing where it's like or it was like somebody that's a younger kid and like i know his older brother so sometimes i'd be like yeah i mean i you know i know who he is but you know it's like you know he's like oh he said you guys are boys and i'm like i've never had a conversation with this kid in my life but you know all right it's like maybe i'm his best friend (laughs) it's like chris farley in uh in um billy madison when he's like oh that veronica vaughn i know (laughs) i hit it and he's like no you didn't he's like well uh (laughs) Um, a guy I know, yeah, him and her got it on. And he's like, no, they didn't. Yeah. He's like, wait, you can imagine what it'd be like if they did. <laughs> I'm exactly. like, Yo, stop exactly. doing that shit. Exactly. Stop using me to get pussy. It's not going to work. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. And with ladies, if we, it, listen, stop lying and tell people you fuck me. That shit happened too. That shit has happened twice in the last year. I'm like, why would you lie about that? I'm not, like, it's fucking awkward. You're like, oh, yeah, I, you know my friend. You know my friend Rebecca. Like, yeah. You, you guys, guys fucked a, a while ago. You guys had a thing. Yeah, she told me about it. I'm like, who? And they show me a picture. I'm like, I have no idea who that is. And you can't even be like, oh, I was drunk because I haven't been drunk right. in 12 years. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, the internet and scene. <laughs> so uh, so I, I was reading some stuff today about. Uh, oh, we're going to go take a sad left turn right now. Well, let's do. We'll do the vaccine stuff and then we'll get to the okay. sadness. Uh um, so I saw that, uh, Canada is, I think the first country to, uh, make it mandatory for you to have the vaccine to enter a and B, they are the first country, uh, that f- has approved the, f- uh, approved the Pfizer vaccine for children ages 12 to 15 and the Pfizer CEO, Albert Bola expects the FDA to green light it for the U S why uh, not 16 year old children. I think, well, I'm not sure if it's oh, already can, 16 and up. Oh, do they consider a, uh, a 16 and up adults? I'm not maybe. sure if it's at eight. I mean, I would assume that that's what that means, is that right now, yeah. if you're 16 or older, you can get the vaccine, hmm. and now they're making it 12 to 15. Um, yeah. So I'm just curious what you think about that. I mean, I you know I'm 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 not I'm not even an anti-vax dude because I have vaccines. Yeah, I, yeah. When I was in the army, I had to walk down the aisle yeah, and yeah. both arms they just plugged me full of shit. Yeah. But I just don't see the point in uh, getting a vaccine for something that I just don't really think is that much of a threat. A and B, I I've I haven't seen enough proof that this is something for me personally to go like, yeah, I trust that, or I trust putting that in my wife prior to us trying to have a child. Yeah, those are all. So I'm not like I've if I was going to Africa and I've looked into this cause I was going to go on vacation to Africa and I wanted to like go on safari and oh, that's where you just recommended my bachelor, my bachelor party. Yeah. Yeah. Africa. We want to go so we can go murder poachers. <laughs> uh, shout out to vet Paul. So, but you have to get all these immunizations and you have to get, cause you don't want to get malaria, like right. all these diseases that are localized to that continent. Right. Right. You want to make sure. And I'm like, okay, you know, so 
I don't want to get polio. I don't want mumps and measles. So yeah, okay, those vaccines worked. We don't have polio and mumps and measles anymore because the vaccines were effective in combating them, and then they don't exist anymore. We've had an influenza vaccine since 1984, and the flu has not gone away, right? So here's the thing. I'm like, you guys just, you know, for, you, you released this vaccine. You rushed it out. I need to see what's going to happen. Yeah, That's how it is with me. Yeah. I need to see uh, what's going to happen to people. And as somebody who had COVID, right, like a COVID survivor, I said this on stage. I was like, you guys are making it like surviving COVID. I'm like, I had a fever for two or three yeah. days. Like, it's not, a, I'm not surviving. Like, I survived getting murdered. That was real. Like, you could survive R. Kelly. That's okay. real. Right. But you're not surviving COVID. And, and this is not to say that, People who who died of COVID, like even though the the true actual numbers are quite, quite, quite smaller than anyone was anyone had reported, um, but we now know. It's not to say that. Listen, if you're my mom got the vaccine, my mom's seventy two years old. I'm like, all right, mom. You know, if that's what you need to do, my mom's not going to have kids. She's right. went through menopause many years right. ago. Right. Uh, and that, that's the main concern to me, right? The main concern is is what's happening to the women who I know ha- who have gotten the vaccine. They're all having strange menstrual cycle issues, multiple periods, extremely heavy, heavy periods like that they've never had before in their entire lives. And now there's like all these uh, rumors I don't know if they're rumors, but there are people who are communicating about shedding, which means, you know, if if two girls are best friends and the best friend gets the vaccine, that hormonally they can shed and then give the same side effects to a non-vaccinated woman. Uh, and why would a respiratory vaccine be effector, affecting a human uterus? I don't know. But I do know that over a year ago, there were some doctors who were deleted from YouTube and from Instagram talking about HCG being a primary component in one of the uh, one of the vaccine test trials. HCG is a hormone that is that I, I only know about this because I know bodybuilders who who, you know, obviously take steroids to do bodybuilding competitions and that's what they use to make sure that they don't damage their test- testicles, right. right? When you introduce HCG into a, into a, a human being with a uterus, it renders your uterus barren. It will it will literally exposure to it can make you infertile. So I I don't know what you know. Obviously, I can't just go get a hold of a vaccine and take it to a laboratory and sit with like you know <laughs> some 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 doctors and be like, we need to pull this apart and see what's in it. But it's enough to scare the shit out of me. It's enough. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you have Bill Gates who has been for, I don't know, 20 years talking about population control and it's out there and now, but you want to save people. Also the biggest funder of pushing vaccines. Well, that's the thing. It's like, your whole, you know, your whole background is in eugenics, right? Now you've gone from software to, you know, wanting to control the global population, or it's saying this is such a bad, you know, it goes with like, 
global warming and human beings being on the planet is the problem and there's too many of us and da, da, da. we got to bring the numbers down. So if you were, if you had that mindset that there are too many people and there, there was a natural pandemic outbreak, you would be like sick. You'd be like, all right, clean it up. Like people are going to die. You wouldn't want to vaccinate people. You wouldn't want them to be immune to the virus. If you are living in a mentality that there's too many people on the planet. You know, so I also feel like it's just a, it's such a super weird time from the election to just whether they're conspiracy theories, whether they're true, whether there's just so much weird shit happening right now that I just can't be convinced that a vaccine is what I need right now I, for something. That, well, I don't know. It I, can't, it, it, you have a better chance of getting killed in a car car accident. You have a better chance of dying of cigarette smoke. You have a better chance of dying of secondhand smoke, secondhand cigarette. Well, that's the thing. Then you do of dying of COVID. You know, it's like when people like get all up in arms that I can't believe you didn't wear a mask and, you know, to, to walk into the restaurant. And then when you sit down, you find it's like, well, what about people that sit outside of front of restaurants or whatever and just drill smokes? Like that's the same equivalent of me walking up and going, excuse me, do my lungs not matter to you? I need you to go down the street and smoke your cigarette. Right. I mean, how's that any different? Um, it's, it's not about the common sense aspect of this has been overridden by, uh, uh, we're dealing with a, a machine. It's a, a massive corporate super pack of telecommunication, mainstream media, news outlets, social media, you know, the Democrats, academia, you, the CCP, like all these people who are like, we're the resistance. I'm like, you're stormtroopers of the empire. You're idiots. Like, to vehemently cling to a side that it, it literally is every, it's every institution. And you're like, we're the resistance. I'm like, who are you resisting against? White supremacy. <laughs> Where are they? We don't know, but they're there. It's, it's there. Uh, where? Right. All every white. Look, I'm going to be real with you. Every white supremacist I've ever known not doing so good financially. Yeah. Not really having a lot of power at the bank. Yeah. You know, yeah. what I mean? yeah. <laughs> they're not dialing and controlling right. the world, right. you know, and there's probably more. There's probably more trans people in America, which is zero point zero seven percent of the population. than there are true life living, committed white supremacists in this country. They are not. A, they're, there's. It's just not statistically, and there's not an army of white supremacists. This is not, they're not there. I think about what was that uh, show that we talked about once on uh, Netflix? I think it was the social experiment or some shit like that. Remember that one? Oh, uh, I know. I know. Social dilemma. Yeah, the social dilemma. Yeah. And you know how they show the kid and like, you know. Uh, how they get him engaged again and they send him like a, you know, basically a fake message and Becky keeps coming up on his feed and finally, boom, he's back in it. It's like, all right, he's on, put the shit up that he likes. And I think about how many times I go on there and, you know, of course it's like whatever I'm related to. So it's like dog stuff, jujitsu shit, this and that. Like it's, it, it you yeah, know, you they know that, like. but even further than that, like every day there's still the thing where, and I have the option to X out of it, but it's something about COVID or something if I want to know where the closest vaccine is or whatever, and I X out, I even hit hide. I don't want to see things like this anymore. And to me, it's that thing of like, 
as long as we keep putting this in front of you every day, day yeah, after yeah. day, eventually you're going to want to click on it and go, oh, this must be serious if it's coming up on my, and that's how many people probably think like that every day that go, fuck, it's been coming up on my thing every day for a month. I might as well click and see what's going on. And that's that. Well, it's the repetition. They, they, the social media is playing their role as they're keeping it alive, right? Like, you know, if, if nobody was talking about COVID, nothing would happen. Because we know that we're not in a pandemic anymore. We know that we were never in a pandemic. It just is what it is. Like, and people can argue with it, but literally, when the when you look at the CDC numbers and the statistics, the deaths that have been caused by COVID, purely just getting COVID, are so small in conjunction to any other heart disease, lung disease, cancer, whatever, car accidents. You know, uh, now the the people who died with two or two or more co-occurring morbidities that were marked with COVID, even if we're gonna say, even if we're gonna throw out the conspiracy theory that they were changing death certificates of people, you still had to have two or more other things you were already dying from to be died to have died with listed with COVID in order to make those those inflated numbers, right? So there's no way for me. To, uh, to understand all this mathematical information and all these statistics, and consider that we are in a pandemic, because if the if the news wasn't playing it, people would just be outside doing whatever. Like look, Florida has just kept going. Florida and Texas have made a mockery of every government that has gone along with this nonsense. They hate it. Yeah, they're like, oh, you know, oh, this, that, the fucking, you know, it. It's literally, you know, if Texas and Florida did the science experiment and we're like, we're just going to, you know, we can't do this anymore. We're going to see what happens. And then nothing has happened. So why are we not opening up the rest of the country? Well, what I get confused with is because it's it's been once or twice out here since I've lived here. Uh, but there are still places that are like, you know, like you have to wear a mask to come in here. So it's like I get that where it's like so Texas or Florida says that we have no mask mandate. But then does it come down to private establishment that they still have that choice or do you get to I don't veto care. that where you go like, well, the, the state says no. So uh, I don't listen, have to. Do I that, rented you know? I rented we, when we played in Dallas, the second show, I rented a penthouse in a hotel penthouse in one of the nicest hotels in this in in town and when i came home from you know i played the show and i was like fuck these masks so they don't work scientifically it's ridiculous and that's where i stand on it and i went to my hotel and the guy was like sir do you have a mask and i was like no and he was he was like to me you know i, I was with a date and we were going back to the room and he's like sir sir you need to have a mask and i turned around and i was like shut the fuck up just point blank just told him shut the fuck up, and he just looked at me and like looked down, and he, the other person at the counter, they just kind of were like, I mean, I because this is a the thing they know, and we all know it's ridiculous, and you're like, but it's the rules. I'm like, but I, but it's also it's not constitutional, it's in, it's not, you know, and that's why I'm do, like people are doing that at this point. My response is shut the fuck up. But I think another thing that makes it kind of like uh, like the how the you said like the geeks became the the bullion, right? 
I've seen situations where, like, you know, Target, they stand there with a mask and shit. I walk through, they don't say a fucking word to me. My neighbor's wife walked in, and mm-hmm. they stopped her at the door and said, ma'am, you have to wear a mask, you can't come in here. So I think that they are selective about this, too, as, like, where it's that bully in power, like a CEO, like well, anything. It's, it's these people, so these are people... And, you know, I've had this job, right? I've worked at, I've been a grocery bag boy. I've been a deli guy. I've been, you know, they have no power in their lives. Right. They have no authority. And a lot of times, and I've, and so I ran, I've also, I ran security teams, right? And I was, I was a security guard and a bouncer and I've been a bodyguard. Every time, sometimes in, in larger venues, you have these security people. We we just need bodies and they're not actually psychologically and physically capable or educated and how to deal in public relations with security should be. Right. You know, I've stopped many shows in my career when security guards were punching crowd surfers and, and I'm like, stop everything. And I'm like, what are you doing? Right. And my security guys go into every venue and tell, they're like, we're not going to do this. There might be moshing, you know, because I'm responsible for the audience. Right. And as someone who did security for a decade, Every time there was a show, my crew guys knew how to handle the audience. And in these situations, we had had, you know, amphitheater security guards because the venue's so big, you just need bodies. And some of these people, they put the shirt on, they put on the hat. Now they're special forces. Yep. They literally think they're Delta Force. And I'm like, dude, li- listen, you need to relax. They're like, saying Call of Duty. Homes. Yeah, they're like, you know, this part, they don't have their... Their ticket. I'm like, well, the, I'm like, that's his wife, and the, she has the pieces of paper both printed with the names numbers next to them, but she doesn't have the physical ticket. She's like, I, I threw it out on accident when I put my when I threw my trash out. I'm like, this is where you're stopping. You're calling me over the radio for this. I was like, get out of here, you know. And that's the same thing. It's like you take a bunch of people who have no power, and it's the same mentality as the keyboard warriors. Like, you know. Dude, you're like a barista at Starbucks. And listen, all work is honorable, but let's be honest. Like, you're not in control of anyone's destiny at all. So you give these people a little bit of power, and they abuse it. Yeah. And that's who, that that's, you know, and that's like, it's... <laughs> I hate it's laughable, shit, man. It is. But the, and, and a lot of times, you know, it's whatever. But like when I left L.A. and I had to go return my shit to Spectrum or Comcast or whatever the fuck infinity, whatever I had. And uh, I'm waiting outside the thing and it's you have to stand six feet apart outside the store with a man all the shit. And I'm like waiting there, waiting. Next person goes up. I stand up. The lady comes out and says something to me. She's like, uh, can you put your mask on? I'm like, but I'm still outside. I'm like, as soon as I come inside, I'll put the fucking stupid mask on. She's like, you need to put your mask on. And I'm thinking to myself, like, <laughs> and uh, cat's in the car. Dogs are in the car. Everything's loaded up. We're leaving right now. Like, this was the last thing, and we're fucking gone. And I have everything in a trash bag. And she's like, so you need to put a mask on. And I'm like, as soon as I come in, I will. Like, I'm not being a dick. And she's like, well, then you can figure, and says something and shuts the door. And I'm like, not today, motherfucker. I open the door, take the trash bag, and just whipped it in. And I'm like, fucking figure it out. And she's like, sir, that's not, we're not taking that. You're going to have to pay for it, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't give a fuck, dude. I'm out of here. Like, I don't have time for this shit. And I left, and I ended up getting billed a hundred and something dollars for the fucking equipment. But Yeah, but it is what you it know. is. Like, you saw, like, DJ, who's on um, Andy Frisella's podcast, he had an issue with AT&T, and same thing. And he has a he has a, a doctor's, he has he has, doesn't need to wear a mask. 
this a, a condition, a breathing condition. And they did the same thing. And he wound up, he was like, okay. So he called his lawyer and he called AT&T and they sat there and they sat on the phone till they got with who they needed to get with. The store was fined thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands of dollars. The guy lost his job. And that's what it's going to take, yeah. right? Like, we don't, we don't want to be bothered. We don't want to be inconvenienced with making the phone calls, right? Because we look at that as, like, petty. But these people are petty, and the only way to deal with them is to play their own game, you know? And so if you got to sit on the phone for an hour and scare somebody with a lawyer until uh, they change it, that guy lost his job. And now all those people at that store and all those locations, the regional manager, like, we can't do this anymore. If somebody says they have a if they have a letter from a doctor, you can't you're not an authority to override that letter because we're liable right. to get sued and there are laws in place right. for that reason. And I you know I've done the same thing in the gym. I've literally brought a letter in and I'm like I have a condition and I'm not wearing a mask. And like but you have to and I'm like no. I was like kick me out. And like well, we, well come on Tom, well, we you know I'm like cool. I was like you can kick me out. And take away my membership, and and it's going to be everywhere, right? This is like if you do this, I will publicize this, and then I will get everyone I know who has a massive reach in this community to also go ahead and publicize this, and it will be very bad for you. And they're like, okay, fine. I mean, because it's it's only the consequences of their own games. Well, I think people think just so short cited of that so what what's a big deal i'll just wear a mask but it's it's such a it's not I don't, to me i see such a bigger picture to just wear a mask guns are bad this is bad you can't do this stay home we'll send you money and it, you know if you've seen anything with communism in third world countries and if you haven't been to a third world country feel free to book a fucking trip and go see how those motherfuckers are living and then you'll start to understand it a little more and see uh you know, this is supposed to be the freest nation of earth, on, on earth, correct? And uh, it is slowly uh, and sadly not slow enough anymore becoming uh, not the, you know, freest country on the planet. So, But it's also about, the thing is, is that the pushback here is like, it's also mentality. They're trying to engineer culture, right? People who are unconscious are adhering to these rules and guidelines out of fear, and they believe that they are virtuous, good people for enforcing them when, they, uh, when they're when they just completely misguided tools of of a system, right? And we're in, like, the way that I, f I look at this is that we're in a, you know, if there's a first wave, second wave, third wave, and maybe fourth wave, war we're in a fifth or sixth wave this is completely different this is a psychological warfare it's a psyop it's a, a complete collusion of massive tech and media corporations that have been somehow you know either i don't know if they i don't know what the common interest is of all these different corporations to want to push humanity into this matrix direction which is very obvious that everyone can see um but it's apparent at this point you know you can't deny that it's like you know you turn on the tv and then it's like everything is racist you're like when did everything get racist you know although like you turn on the tv we're all gonna die from covid you know it's like we're gonna do an investigation on the man ball concert in central park because people were not wearing masks or social distancing 
I was like, well, why don't you do an investigation of the BLM and Antifa riots where they destroyed everyone's businesses, burned and looted things, set people's cars on fire. I mean, the during the Minneapolis riot, like, I think 19 women were raped. Wasn't it crazy that it we, was just, crazy. we like, just blew over that, that, like, that's just, oh, well? Well, that's the thing, too. The, the, everyone's like, the, the insurrection, they went into the Capitol building. I'm like, I've seen 80-year-old ladies in there taking selfies. I'm like, this doesn't really look like an insurrection to me. As it looks like a bunch of people wandered into an open building. And as somebody who secured buildings for a living for, for years... I was like, it doesn't seem like security is offering any authority or resistance in this situation. And, and that's just my take from all of the stuff that I saw. It, was, it seemed very staged. What didn't seem staged was the riots. That was real. People were breaking glass and, like, stabbing people. Cops were getting murdered, you know, and women were getting raped. Like, that, that's a, the, uh, the unreported... You know, the other side of, of BLM and Antifa is like all the criminality that that goes on unreported. The media doesn't want to talk about that. It's a mostly peaceful protest. Well, what about those? What about the women who got raped? What about all the kids, the babies who got murdered during gun shootouts and gang violence on Fourth of July weekend in Chicago and Minneapolis that nobody cared about? So well, we pick and choose. Yeah. You know, they pick and choose. Because they want to create, they want to enforce culture. They want to create, oh, America's bad. And if you get a bunch of people hating their own country, they will never fight for it. So they're prepping us for a, a subversive invasion. It won't be boots on the ground invasion. It's, it's already happening. It's very subversive and it's generational. So that people like us who would, you know, if they, if they call tomorrow and they're like, yo, everybody strap up, we're, going to, we're having a civil war, I'd go. I'd be like, okay, what do we got to do? I would die for my country. But people like us, this won't be fully, this takeover won't fully achieve until we're too old to fight. We're the last generation that was raised off the internet. But what do you think about guys like us or from our era, where we're from, and uh, like us that are raising kids? Are they, are they failing at instilling the same morals and values that, our parents instilled in us, or is that still trickling along somewhere down the line? I mean, I think, I think that in retrospect, I think that the third wave feminism and their absorption of, of sex workers and hypersexualized culture has demeaned the ability to create the nuclear family. It disservices it, right? So, I look at that, that whole situation as somebody who I've, you know, and I've been in that world. I have friends in that world. I've, I've dated girls who were sex workers. I've had that experience firsthand. Like, we all, y'all know. And I don't, I, don't, I don't fuck around like that anymore. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it. However, you know, you have people like Cardi B, who is, who is, a, is a, a rapper that used to be a prostitute and used to drug men at strip clubs and rob them, you know, that's who they're pushing to be what this is what women should be. And even this is what women of color should aspire towards. And it's disgusting. You know, even gangster rap when I was a kid, it was hard. But like, I, I'll tell you, I, I sold, I, I sold drugs because that's what I thought you had to do to make it right. I wasn't like reading entrepreneurial books. 
I wasn't, you know, studying, you know, the stock market or getting into any of that. I was like, yeah, you got to sell drugs. You got to either, and this, quite frankly, I was like, you either got to be naked in music or be a drug dealer or you're just going to end up like everybody else, Yeah, you know? And when, when that's all your options are, you take the lowest hanging fruit. So it's becomes, it's become, you know, there's a war on modesty. And just like, I think, you know, it's not lame to be modest. It's totally okay. It's an attribute, right? And there are all these things that as that alpha males, you know, there's a war on alpha males, but you know, we don't, we, you know, we don't want to go through broken sexual selection. I don't want to marry somebody who has no values and no morals because I don't want a woman with no morality and no values to raise my children. You know, I, I was close, I was close to getting married and having a family. And I found out that the person I was dating was, a, was a prostitute and I was living a double life and that was the end of it. And it's like, I can't, nothing will ever make that okay with me, especially the lying aspect of it. Right. So um, it's not about, you know, this, like if you're a sex worker and you're watching this and you're like, oh, I can't listen, we've had sex workers on the show. It's all good. Like everyone should choose what they want to do with their lives, but you can't expect that everyone is going to, you know, there's this weird thing of like, I'm going to do whatever I want, but you need to respect me. I'm like, well, I'm going to, if I steal or crash, you know, steal my friend's car and crash it, are they going to still respect me? I'm not going to pay for it. Like, my actions dictate people's respect for me. And we have to be live in that reality, you know? And, and so I think that the feminist movement is making it so that men, young, young men are, are shamed and verbally and mentally and emotionally abused now. Right. And that's become like an acceptable form of behavior in society. And women think that that's self-empowering. They're teaching young girls that it's self-empowering to fucking sell your body and abuse men. It's the literal opposition of, of being a pimp. You're just self-employing yourself in the same behavior mechanism. And it doesn't lead to trust. It doesn't lead, lend itself to long-term happiness. It doesn't lend itself to stability or peace or a family. And if that's what you want, then that's not where you should be looking. And I, I've learned that. Like, I listen, I, I want, I was, like, I'm gonna have a badass wife. She's gonna be fine as fuck. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how about maybe she like respects her father and loves her dad? Yeah, that might be nice. You know. How about she has a job? She respects herself. How too. about yeah? How about she has a job or she's not like getting railed out by dudes on the internet? That'd be great, you know what I mean? Like, and it's a reflection of society and also our own self-respect. When you start respecting yourself more, you're gonna attract, um, you're gonna attract people into your life that respect themselves as well, you know. And I only learned this from making mistakes. So if you're out there making mistakes, have at it. We're a rubber. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make mistakes, but or a diaphragm or whatever the fuck. I'll tell you what, though, those are long one. Let there be no more alpha males in this world, and uh, we won't have a world be extinct just like that. I can fucking assure you that, or we'll just be fucking an extension of China or something. Well, uh, beta males are toxic feminists. Beta males are are frustrated 
um, estrogen-filled, resentful, manipulative, conniving, you know, competitors. Like an alpha, like if, if we get into a fight, we're like, let's just fight it out and whatever. And we'll just call it a day, you know? And that's how I grew up, you know? You live to, you know, you use these and you live to fight another day and that's it. Beta males are like, you know, they're like, I'm going to find a way to steal your money. You're yeah. like, what? Yeah. You're like, what does this have to do with you? And you made me feel bad in the third grade. You know, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make a blog about you. <laughs> and like these dudes are acting like women because they're raised without fathers or their fathers are pussies and behave this way too. So it's like. It sure the fuck is, dude. This is a very bizarre time. Um, all right, so uh, what's coming up? Utah. I seen something. FitCon with Utah. FitCon in Utah. That's going to be in Salt Lake City. When is that going to be? June 4th. Okay. So that should be fun. And then we're booking. T we're, I haven't announced anything yet, but I'm getting the tour dates in, uh, in a few hours. As far as the Utah. Yeah, the, yeah for, the, for the whole U.S. So, and then also, I think I'll be at... Oh, for the whole U.S. So this yeah, is we're like gonna do festivals full, and all that. that yeah, we're doing, show, we're doing festival dates with, I think, Snoop Dogg and Limp Bizkit and Korn and, you know, whatever. Basically, wherever Bad Wolves was supposed to be, right. I will be there instead. <laughs> showing up. But yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, uh, they just decided to fucking now is the best time to stop mowing and using the blower outside or whatever I saw that. that's going on. But um, it's the universe trying to tell us to yeah wrap know, it the fuck up. Wrap um, it up. But uh, yeah, dude, it's good to see you. I'm glad that we got to catch up and spend some time together this week while you were here. Um, yeah. Drink some tea. Yeah, dude. Drink yeah. some fucking tea. Uh, we're going to make some tea. There's going to be Tommy Vex tea coming out. Yes. So we got to. Put the wheels in motion. Yes. We haven't even talked yes. about the tea spill, huh? No. That's another. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. Oh um, boy, I'll have to get all the boys on the show. I'll have to fly everybody in, yeah, dude. so they can all talk about it. Um, the old tea days. But um, yeah, dude. So uh, fucking a. Um, you can find uh, uh, you can find us on Instagram at Deviant Gentleman, Facebook at Deviant Gentleman, Tommy's at Tommy Vexed, mine is at Shane we're almost um, at 10,000 on the gram, huh? Yeah, we're getting yeah. there about almost 9,800. So fucking 200, hit us up. Come on. We appreciate the support and the love. Join and, the uh, fam. You can find anything you want, Deviant Gentleman, on uh, DeviantGentleman.com. Uh, you can get Tommy's merch uh, line um, through his Shopify account on uh, yeah. link in his bio I mean, on Instagram. Just, yeah, it's Shopify.com slash Vexed. Oh, Vex it. Sorry. Vex it. Yeah. Shopify.com slash Vex it. Um, yeah. So be on we the lookout, some, dude. We, we got some uh, nice new shirts coming. Yeah. Through. We we ain't going nowhere. Deviant Gentleman is still in effect. Me and Tommy's relationship is fucking fine. Uh, you know, we're doing the best we can because obviously we're not in the same state anymore. But uh, for now. Yeah. For now. Um, but I tell you guys, I'm really, really loving Texas. That's, yeah. It's a nice But place. we are busy and we're always creating and we're always talking. So, uh um, other than that, thank you guys for tuning in and thank you for the support and um, we'll see you guys next time.